Cup. Perez, Walter makes a run ahead of it. Burkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Burkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello and welcome to Burkamp Wonderland, the podcast where you've accidentally sent it live on Twitch where nobody watches, rather than Twitter where lots of people watch. That's the kind of button monkey I am. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show, and with me tonight I've got two uh, sparkling gooners. First of all, it's got Craig. How you doing, Treacle? Very well, thank you. How are you? I am stuffing my face full of meat and frantically thinking, how once the show has started, do I add, I think I'll go here, and then uh, save changes. And then, like magic, it should just turn up on Twitch, Twitter, as if I hadn't fucked it up in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also with us tonight is Melvin, who is, he's just told us how old he is, and I can't believe it. I don't know what you've been drinking, Melvin, but I'll have two pints of it. Yeah, good evening, everybody. Yeah, we'll wait for this all oh. day. Can't wait oh, to get started. Okay. Because last week I had to let you down and I, I couldn't do it because I'd been on the raw meats again. <laughs> Not raw. I'd been on something. I think I'd overdone the pork scratching. That's the only nice thing I'm allowed on my diet is pork scratching. So I bought 48 bags of them and I usually get through a couple of bags a day, munching around like some kind of beast. Uh, so this, I wasn't sure where to start with this, but... We're on a bit of a good run at the moment, Craig, aren't we? And it's a good time to be a goon. When, like it says underneath my name, it says, where are the Arteta out now? So uh, where have they gone? And- well, of course. no, no. Neg- <laughs> if it's no bad results, then they're not around, are they? Um, or if they are around, they're trying to regurgitate what they've been saying to make themselves look look positive. But um, no, it's, it's, you're dead right, mate. The form is good. It's a real good time to be an Arsenal fan at the moment. Perhaps they should go to Dubai every other weekend um, or, or something like that because obviously it seems that they've gone to Dubai. They've regrouped the managers, you know, the man, they've regrouped the manager has, um, you know, told them what he wants for the rest of the season. It looks like it's something that they needed to do. And um, I think it's very important that professional football clubs do that kind of thing. Um, last season we were great. And I think that little bit of inconsistency crept in. Um, thinking that they were perhaps better than they were, a few poor results. So the manager whipped them off and got them into shape again. Since we've since we've come back from Dubai, we've won every game. Um, and Sunday, I was expecting a tough one, and to be sitting there fawning up at half time uh-huh. and watching West Ham fans walk out of the ground going home. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that in all the years I've been watching football. Just do, yeah, there you are. Look, there it is. Look. I mean, I know someone told me I have a West Ham supporting friend who actually informed me that that big cluster are outside bars where you can go and have a fag. So he said, forget about that bit. He said, but all those people walking across the bridges are people going home. There's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who did the Odegaard one. Take it was very good. It's very good. But, um, yeah. you know, sitting there watching them go 4 0 up, I was expecting a real tough game against West Ham. You know, the last two times we played, they'll give us a hell of a game. Um, 
but to go to walk into to walk into their stadium and be four 0 up at half time, and it wasn't even it wasn't even the result. It was just the way we were playing. I'm still, you know, I still I still can't fathom whether it was because we were so good. That's what I was going to ask. Is it or West Ham were so bad? Which would you put it down to? I I'd like to say it was because we were so good. Huh. Every put you know every pass hit its hit its target. You know everything we hit went in the back of the net. Um, the, the 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 set pieces were on point. The passing was on point. The shooting was on point. Everything just came together, and you know to to, to come away with a six nil win. Uh, West Ham away, I believe is their heaviest defeat since 1961, um, or our biggest win away since 1961. Either or, I can't mm. remember where I, I read that. Sevens under Wenger, like Everton and I think Middlesbrough, but they were both at home. Yeah, I think it might be. I think it might be that they have not been beaten at home six nil in sixty or something like that. Um, so yeah, mate. Look, it's it's a great time to be an Arsenal fan at the moment. I mean, and then to rub it all in, you know, just to rub some extra salt in the wound. Declan Rice goes and scores a thirty-yarder. So I mean, <laughs> you know, you can't. I actually felt sorry for him a little bit. I think West Ham. I, I did. I felt. I watched a few of their West Ham TV interviews after the game, and <laughs> I actually felt a bit sorry for him. But uh, look. 6-0, what a result. We're back in the title, you know, we, we, we're back in the title race. We need to win. We, you know, Burnley away now at the weekend. Again, the Liverpool result meant nothing if we don't beat West Ham. The Burnley result will, will mean nothing. Uh, sorry, the West Ham result will win nothing if we don't beat Burnley. And yeah, that's true. Melvin, how did you feel about it all? Because it was, uh, it was, it was quite an, un- for me, it was quite an unexpected result because, like, like Craig said, they beat us and knock us out of the FA Cup. They beat us in the league quite convincingly. And I think they were thinking, you know, it's gonna, we're going to beat our, the Arsenal three times in a season. But didn't turn out that way, did it? No, they, they I think, expected to do a smash and grab on us like they did at the Emirates. Sit back. Were you there, to, were you there yesterday? No. I mean, were no, you there on Sunday? Go, no, I don't go to away games anymore. I, oh, okay. I don't go. Just home games. All the home games. I think they just expected that to happen again. You know, we mug them, let's mug them again. You know, perhaps they haven't learned. I think what Christ is about Dubai, the difference is this season, we've got our bad bit at the middle of the season where we do something about it. When it happened last season, the end of the season, you can't do anything about it. It's too late. It's all happened. So I think that was in our favour. And also about the people leaving the ground. I mean, we played, I think it was this season, we had a few supporters leaving five, ten minutes to go. We got slaughtered. There's photographs everywhere of Arsenal supporters leaving the ground. I think we might have been two goals behind. Could it have been Liverpool in the Cup? I can't remember. But it's like double standards. But some of the football we played, just saying, oh, were we good or were they bad? I don't think that if West Ham played like that on Sunday against most other teams, they would get beat 6-0. Honestly, I don't. They would have probably got beaten, but they wouldn't have got beat smashed like that because we were we were at it and they weren't by the extremes and it worked for us. I mean, some of the football we played was out. They were just looking at us. They were like, they were playing in treacle, it looked like, compared to us. It was wonderful to see. And I was saying, I was watching a game with my son-in-law on Sunday and I was saying, so when the third one went in, I was worried. I went, no, do not let a goal in now in the last couple of minutes before half time. Please, I've been here before, done it, got the T-shirt. Just just 
blow the whistle, ref, please. And as I said, blow the whistle, we scored another one. I think, what? What's going on? It was lovely, delightful. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I couldn't see from what I was from the from watching the telly whether the crowd gave Rice a standing ovation or they were booing him. So I, I'm not sure. I mean, perhaps you can enlighten me on that. I don't know because he was he sets himself standards and then sets new standards every other week. I mean, I think the FBI might be called in about that deal we did with them. They might, it might be a bit of fraud going on there, what we paid for that player, I think. But it, it was fantastic to watch. It was when a type of game, and after probably about 40 minutes, you could nearly, or def- most certainly half-time, you know, take out a cigar and have a drink, watching the mm-hmm. Arsenal, which is not very easy to do normally. And it was beautiful yeah. to watch. And uh, I suppose a lot of the pundits said that that West Ham were and all that and having a go at the manager and blah. Didn't actually say some of the foot. You've still got to hit that ball at the right speed to the right player at the right time. And we did that so much. It was terrific. And I think if I don't, you know, all this about giving players out of 10. There's a player I thought only deserved one out of 10 on Sunday. And that's the goalkeeper. Didn't do anything, did he? Which he, he should get marked out. I mean, he was, he was a disgrace, really. He hardly did anything. But no, I mean, it was great to watch. Really enjoyed it. Um, We've got a big smile on our face watching the Arsenal. How bad is that? That is, uh, after some of the results we've had this season, that is quite surprising because I said to Soph, I said, she's um, messaged her the other night, um, about eight in the morning, hadn't gone to sleep yet. And I said, I'm not looking forward to tomorrow. I don't. And she went, well, I was looking forward to it until you said that. And then so I messaged her again yesterday and went, yeah, I got that wrong, didn't I? Because <laughs> it's uh, quite uh, probably one of our best displays of the season against a half-decent side. But you were asking about what the West Ham fans did. There was an Arsenal yeah. fan in the West Ham, uh, I, I say end, I don't know, that stadium was such an absolute nightmare. But he was filming them. And majority, one West Ham fan got up and walked out when Rice scored. And a few of the others clapped. And at the end of the game, they were applauding him because he was applauding them. Oh. So did you see that, Craig? Yeah, 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 yeah. He got a very oh, good. He got that. a very good reception. He got a very, That's very good. good reception. And I, and I, 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 for one, was really pleased to see that because um, you can't, you can't blame him for, you can't blame a footballer for wanting to leave, to go to 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 better himself. Now, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I'll go back. To, I'll go back to the Robin Van Persie thing. I know there's a lot of a lot of people, you know, despise him for what he done. Now, do I despise him for what he done? I don't despise him. I understand why he did it because he was coming to the, you know, he was coming to the end of his, he was coming to the the latter stages of his career, and he wanted to win something by going to Man United. He was. By going to Manchester United that season, he was guaranteed to win the league championship because there was no, there was no one else whatever, that was going to touch him. whatever the big clubs would have had him would have. Done. Yeah, there, there, there was no one going to touch Man United that year. So, am I? I was annoyed he left Arsenal, but was I annoyed at him personally? No, I don't think I was. I don't think I was. But the, it's the same as the Rice. It's the same as Declan Rice. He's led. He, he's led you to the European St. Johnson Paint Trophy. <laughs> You've lifted it. He's left. He wants to go on to bigger and better things. You know, just just clap him. I mean, I can remember. I can remember when I went to Dublin to watch Arsenal and Arsenal and Chelsea um, in the of this friendly competition, 
And I clapped Cesc Fabregas when he came over to take a corner. <clears throat> and fellas were getting stuck in me. What are you clapping him for? What are you clapping him for? Well, he wanted to come back, but Wenger wouldn't have him. Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. But like, I, I don't hold that... I don't hold that grudge against the player who, I mean, like he gave us probably his best years. You look back at his career, his oh, best yeah. years were here. He went to Barcelona, done all right, you know, but his best, he gave his best career years to us. So mm-hmm. for that, I can't boo him or shout at him or this, that and the other. Same goes with that. I think there's a lot of, I mean, 99% of West Ham fans would probably agree with what I've just said. Um, I know there's going to be people that are, that will, other people that will disagree. You know, I've I've seen people calling him this and that on social media, a snake and this, that, and the other. But um, he's a Rolls Royce footballer, and like Melvin said, hundred million. We've had someone's pants down there for hundred million. Did you know this um, fact about um, Van Persie? The most goals anyone's ever scored in the Premier League season for Arsenal is thirty. And when Henri came back to Arsenal on loan from New York Red Bulls, Van Persie had the chance to score, which would have been his 31st goal of the season, but instead he squared it to Henri and then Henri scored. So he's tied with Henri on 30 goals in a season. Wow. That's his, Didn't know that. Nor did I I saw a video about it. And I've just checked it here. I thought they said their top goal score ever, which is 36 by Haaland and 34 by Colin and Shearer. But... Um, it was. I think it's the way that he went around it. Declan Rice, all West Ham fans knew that Declan Rice was going to leave West Ham. He made it pretty clear and he wasn't an arsehole about it and he made sure they got the maximum amount of money. I mean, for West Ham to get £105 million for a player, weren't that long ago you could have bought West Ham for £105 million. I mean, you're <laughs> yeah. not far off that value valuation now. He did it the right way. And when he scored the goal, he didn't put his hands up. He didn't knee slide into the corner like Adebayor. He didn't slag the club off like some of the other players uh, have done in the past. And maybe when his career comes to near the end of his career, he might go back to West Ham because West Ham made him the player he is after mm. after Chelsea got rid of him. Have you got anything on that, Melvin? I nearly said Mark there because you've got Mark at the end of it and I'm looking at your name. If I do no, call you Mark, uh... just go along with it. No, no, not. I, I agree, really. I mean, Van Persie, what, what I recall, he left because he allegedly had a, a, a chat with Wenger about how the club's going forward. And Wenger couldn't give him any answers. Mm. So you can't blame him for wanting to leave the club. Secondly, Absolutely. we got 25 million for a player that was out of contract. That was unheard of years ago to get that type of money. For a, he, could have, he could have said, right, I'm not going to play for another season. I'll go for nothing. He didn't do that either. So, there's no, no, it, it always hurts when one of your favourite players has got to go. But we wanted that money as well. We were struggling for money at that time. So, for two things, he wasn't going to get the, the promises, any promises from where we're going to go. We needed the money. It suited Arsenal as well. It's not as if we were pleading for him to stay. Nothing like that at all. So, no, I've got no problem with him going to United. And uh, who wouldn't? He, he won the Premier League. And he would never have won that with us, with all due respect, as proven, if he would have stayed for another two or three seasons. No, no problem at all. I'm just looking at his stats. You think Van Persie, you think injuries. His last season with Arsenal, played every Premier League game, 30 goals. First season with Man United, played every Premier League game, 26 goals. So in back-to-back 38-game seasons, 56 goals. 
Mm. I mean, after that, he seasoned tailed off. He played 21 and got 12, and then they got rid of him. Um, but he single-handedly won United, the league that year. Yeah. Single-handedly. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Do you know, and I can remember, I can remember one of my Man United fans saying to me over here that was the Glazier's parting gift to Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah, because he, he left that season, didn't he? After winning, he did. It? He did. Yeah. Um, wasn't he ten other... months out with us, Danny? Wasn't he injured for ten months in, in, when he played for us? Yeah, oh, a long I mean, time out with us. He's right? injured for eight years. I mean, at one point, like a lifetime. He was at the club for, for eight years. In 2007-8, he played 15 Premier League games, scored seven goals. And in 2009-10, he played 16 games and scored nine goals in the Premier League. I mean, the, the, the average, I mean, in total, he scored 96 Premier League games in 194 games. 100, 96 194. Just over a goal every other game. That's very and in good. total, he scored 132 in 278. But, but not just the goals. Good. His movement... His passing, yeah. his awareness, his tenacity. He was a quality player. Yeah, he was quality. He was he was quality. He was. Yeah. But yeah. Like, and like Melvin said, you know, when you hear the news the first time, when you hear the news, you're always thinking the worst. Ah, oh, you know, he's leaving us and he's going to Man United and this, that and the other. But I can understand people's frustration and understand people getting mad. And I was, I was, I was, I was cross. Do you know, I was, <laughs> you know, I was thinking to myself, you bastard, you know, you one good season you've had here and now you, when we need you the most, you're off up the road, like, you know, and that's just natural. But when you actually sit back and take a deep breath, like Melvin said there, he went into the office, they couldn't give him, they couldn't give him the um, formalities that he wanted. They couldn't give him any answers. They couldn't give him any guarantees. So look, you know, if, if that's going to happen, he, He's going to go, isn't he? And he wasn't the first and he wasn't the last to leave no. the club because the club had so lack of ambition. <laughs> Top four, that's all we want. And if you can carry on doing that, we're, just, we're not going to go all out on anything. And then when they did decide to go all out and start buying Sanchez, and <laughs> the order went, um, Ozil one season, big signing. Sanchez the next season, big signing. The next season, the big signing was Petr Cech in goal. And then you think, right, that's it. They've given up, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Never did in, uh, anything else. Uh, oh, here's a good name. The Terry Mancini hair transplant. <laughs> I judge oh, people by their good. boat. And Van Percy had a snidey face. So find him guilty of being a tart. Anyway, feel good today. Have just been appointed a mag- as a magistrate. Those words are like straight out of Steve Lord Hillwood's mouth. That's exactly the, uh, as a um, found guilty of being a tart. And if he does want to uh, sponsor the channel with hair transplants, I'm up for it. <laughs> I know Terry. I actually know Terry. I like to think he's a friend of mine. Terry's a, such a funny guy. He's brilliant. He's absolutely well, brilliant. Well, the real Terry Mancini or this one? No, this guy. This guy. He's brilliant. Ah. Is, this, is the real Terry Mancini still around? I, I believe know. so, yeah. Oh, hopefully, yes. Um, I believe so, yeah. Looking at the side, um, for those who might not have seen it, because like me, I, did, I woke up at two o'clock and went, oh, I'll just download it and watch it later. Ray in goal, White at centre-back, uh, right-back, Saliba and Gabriel at centre-backs, Kivior at left-back. Craig, how were you? How impressed were you with him? Very well. Um, and it, it, so, Someone said on the, um, the post-game show with me and Deke, 
we had a left back playing as a left back rather than an inverted left back. Yeah. Does that make much of a difference for you? Oh, it makes a difference every time it happens. It just makes a complete difference because Zinchenko, as much as I like Zinchenko going forward, he is awful at defending. He's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely awful at it. Um, <laughs> Liverpool in the cup. Um, you know, the ball straight over the top to Mohamed Salah every time. Every single, they've done it three or four times and he still didn't cop what was going on. Um, I like Zinchenko. I do like him. Um, but on the pitch, tradition, I mean, you, you know, we've spoken about it before. I'm a traditionalist. If you're a left back, you play left full back and that's it. Yeah. You are left full back. Like, as you know, I coach and the, the, the kids that I coach, you're a left back, you're a centre back, you're a centre back, you're a right back. It doesn't mean that you go up into the middle of midfield and I don't want to see you up in the opposing box. I don't want to see Sinchenko there either because it leaves us short. Um, Kiowa, to me, uh, Sunday was absolutely brilliant again and has been solid every time he's decked out for us. Um, he, he really has been solid. And then to see uh, whether it's true or not, I don't know, but then to see news that people are after him. I think AC Milan are after him. Um, yeah. And that Arsenal are, are willing to... You know, listen to offers. I, I don't understand. I don't understand why we'd sell him. And people are saying, "Oh, he's he's this, that, and the other." He's not how I see someone say the other day he's not a household name. That, <laughs> that, that, you know, that to me is the the epitome of these Arteta outers and these people who seem to think that they know about football, but they just, I mean, how. There's a lad there, left fullback, doing a job every time he's come on or every time he decks out for us. Every time he's come on, he's done a job. He was magnificent when he came on as a sub um, against Liverpool. Like, just keep him and leave him there. Just leave him there because the back four at the moment looks as solid as I've seen it. So what this thing of changing things that are not broken really does my head in. Just leave him there and let him pl- let the geezer play. Melvin, boy10 says in the chat, keep your locked up kudos. Suddenly no one is talking about the missed signing of kudos. Oh, during the post-game show, I went, oh, West Ham's problem was kudos wasn't playing. And Deke went, he started the game. (laughs) I didn't even notice that he'd played. The the difference is amazing, Danny. I mean, uh, he was, kudos was superb against us at Upton Park. Not so much. He played well against us at the Emirates, but Upson Park, he tore us apart. We didn't have a, a full team, I know. But the difference between Kiwa playing left back and Suchenko is so, so obvious. I mean, go back to the uh, Forest game the other week. We were coasting at 2 0. We are really in first gear, not even second gear. And you see their left sided defender hit a crossfield ball diagonal. And I was thinking, we've got a problem here because you know Chichenko is not going to be in that place. When the camera swung, he was looking for the ball. He was out of position and they scored from it. He crossed it and Saliba lost the centre forward a bit unluckily, I thought. But And you, you don't get that with Kiwa. He's great in the air because he's tall. He's a proper defender. And yes, you're not going to get him going down the left and dinking the ball to the far post for us to score. But I prefer to keep it solid at the back Build from the back because we've got enough players to do that job to score and make goals. No, he's, he just feel more confident, don't you? Because the way to Liverpool last year, I'm not digging him out because to watch Chuchenko play football is a delight. He gets the ball, he, 
he puts his body one way, the team goes over there, the other team, and he puts it over there, he spins, he does all that. But when the chips are down, when you've got to say, right, just defend now, he's not the man to do it. Against Liverpool away, we were 2-1 up, we got away with it, and he, the, I think the right back, Trent, put the ball through his legs, ran around him, and they crossed it to score to make it 2 all. And Tierney was on the bench. And only then did we bring Tierney on. I was with Pink. We were all screaming at the, the screen, bring Tierney on, just hold it, hold it now, hold that lead. And it never quite happened. And it, it's a shame, really, because if he can't, if he could defend, what a great player he is, Shushenko. But we can't afford it. You can't afford to, to give any team any goals at any time, apart from Sunday, of course. So I, I think to have uh, Kivor there is fantastic. And it just makes us so solid. That back four, is, they're very similar players as far as their physique. They're tall. They're all very good in the air. They don't take crap from forwards. They can all put it in now. We're not frightened about anyone's going to bully us. So all that together is so, so good. So as you say, Craig, I don't want him to chop and change. Chop and change perhaps to rest the player now and then when we've got like six games in you know, 20 days or something, you, you might think you can afford to do it. But if we can aff not afford to do it, just keep the same team. Because the defence plays better when they play together more. Look at our famous George Graham back four. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like um, like Stefan, uh, a legacy <laughs> ABW listener says, if we can get 25 million plus for Kivio, it would be a smart to, to be smart to sell. And he says, might wow. be worth seeing how Timber comes back first, which I think is the important bit, Craig. He makes a good point, Stefan. It is a good point. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see what Timber does. But at the moment, again, I'll go back to saying, don't fix what's not broken. If Timber is going to come back into the squad, let Timber earn his place back into the yeah. squad. Don't just oh, Timber's back. Yeah. Sorry, QR. You're you know he he's out. I like to see a manager, and I think Mikel Arteta might be. I think Mikel Arteta might be a little bit like. I would hope that when Timber comes back, he says to him, look, there's a left-back position there, but at, this, at the moment, I have Kiowa there at the moment. If you can get him out, get him out. But at the moment, that's how it stays. He makes a good point about Timber. Uh, perhaps uh, he was you know, a little bit forgotten about there, but if, he wants to, if, if Timber wants to get back into that squad, he's got to work and he's got to earn his way back into the squad for me. Very unfortunate about what happened to him because I don't think... I, I think we would have seen Timber left back a lot more, um, a lot, 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 lot more. But yes, he's fit. It's great to have another player on the bench of quality. But let him earn him. Let him let him earn his place back. We can't see what's happening in the future, Craig. But don't you think to sell QR for twenty five million goes against the grain? You've got to remember we've got two fantastic centre halves, mm. and if one of those needs a break or gets injured, QR will just fit in there. Beautifully. Yep. It's made for it. Why sell? Well, then what are you going to do? You're scratching your head after that. We have a, you know, the minute you sell him, you're going to get injured. One of the centre halves is going to get injured. Then you think, well, who's there? Who's going to play there? Play someone yep. out of position. You don't well, have I to mean, do that before. Again, it's a, it's a great point, Mel. I mean, Timber can slot into central defence and, and, mm. and leave Kiora yeah. at left back. So, yeah, yeah. I don't understand. I, I do understand why people would say, oh, let's sell him. Perhaps he's surplus to requirements, but he's not at the moment. He's not at the moment surplus to requirements and has been 
absolutely brilliant every time he's played. So uh, for me, I just hope Mikhail Arteta can see what we can see and just doesn't, again, change something. I keep saying it, I know I keep saying it, but don't change something that's not broken. I was looking at the transfer market page for Timber. He says he's right-footed, plays left-back, right-back and centre-back. What do you think, Craig, could be the possible future for Timber at Arsenal? Because you automatically think left-back, which is the two games he played for us. Mm. But then people have got to know it would be right-back. But it can't be right-back because we've got £50 million Benny Blanco there. I think he's doing a wonderful job. Do you think it is left-back? And if it is... What do we do with Tommy Asher? And then then if you look at Kivio, he's going to go, well, I'm not playing right-back or left-back because they've got players ahead of me. I'm not going to mm. get ahead of Saliba and Gabriel Megalix. Mm. So what do you think about that? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the, if, you know, if if the player walks into Arteta's office and says, look, you know, boss, what's the story? Where am I going to be? And, and Mikhail Arteta turns around and says, well, look, you've got Saliba, you've got Gabriel, we've got Tommy, we've got Ben, we've got, you know, Durian Timber coming back. If then the manager says, "I think I don't think you're you're going to feature," I don't think I think you'll be down the line of you know you're going to be behind every single one of them. Then yeah, the player's got a choice to make, and that's a different that's a different situation. But at the moment, he's in the team. He's in the first eleven, and if he keeps playing the way he does, and if he keeps playing the way he is then Timber has a problem trying to get back into the team. And so does, so does, uh, so does Shinchenko. So it's all on the manager, really, isn't it? I mean, we can sit here and we can tell Mikel Arteta till we're blue in the face that it's Kiowa who we should be going with. And then you know what's going to happen then against Burnley. It'll be Shinchenko again. So it's a tough one, mate. It's a tough one. But as a fan, as of what I saw, what I've seen of him, as Melvin said, he gives me confidence. He fills me full of confidence um, when he's on the pitch. He fills me with more confidence than Chenko anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I mean, we've seen that. I mean, how can a player be one of the best players for his country's uh, def- defensive midfielder like Zinchenko is? And then Arteta wants to see him come from left back to go and play in DM. Like I've said before, last season he did it because we didn't have a DM. This season we've got, we got two DMs that can play in that position. There's no need for you to be there. Uh, Melvin, um, can Jesus and Zinchenko get back in the squad? Do you think as soon as they're fit, they're back in? Or do you think Arteta's going to go, no, we're, we're on a winning run here. Everything's looking good. The jigsaw is complete. Um, they're, they're not going to get back in. Uh, well, I think the first time he ever got injured, Jesus, it, it shocked us. We worried. It looked like we looked a much weaker team. But now, that's not the case. I would rather Arteta puts him in only, only, only when he's 101% fit. Because it doesn't seem to me, every time he's played for us now, he's been fit. Every time he gets a little knock and his knee goes again. Let's give him as much rest as we can afford to at the moment, now. And when he's ready, bring him on as, obviously, a sub. Because you can't, at the moment, we've had other players doing it for us the last four games. We can't keep, we can't just put him in because his name's Zeus. He's got to, like the other players, earn it. And if the other players are doing their job, like Craig said, it's not going to change. You just keep it going. And if one of the games, things are not quite working, bring him on then only when he's fit. Because it seems to me we just we just bring him on a little bit too early. We just bring him back too early. And it's a, such a shame because you notice the difference. Though. When he's fit, he is unbelievable. He can be unplayable. 
He really can. And he doesn't have to play down the middle. He does some of his best work wide. And we can afford to perhaps rest Saka. Perhaps play someone else up front like Havertz and give it them playing wide. We can move it. I think our forward line is as fluid as it's been for years. We've got all these players that during the game can move across the pitch widthways. They don't have to stick on lines. I know that Saka normally does. He's a special case. But the rest of them, they interchange with each other. The Trossard to this world, Martinelli's, cut inside, go outside, come around someone. It's lovely to see. I mean, when we're attacking teams, when we're on our on our game, defences, <laughs> well, so he's done something else to us. I told you very funny. I don't know. It's not, it's, someone's, someone's tickled his arse off. He was a fine player. Carry on, Melvin. I'll read it out. I'll read it. Right. That, this comment right, read it out later. <laughs> but when, when, we're, when, when we're playing, we're going forward, we're, we can be on our day very fluid. And so we're, we so we continue with that. What's, what's he put? What's he put? Terry Mancini's hair transplant. <laughs> Kivio is a fine player. I read he developed a very strong mentality when he was back in Poland and got bullied for having a short surname. <laughs> 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 character building I didn't even know that was what you were laughing at I've got tears so <laughs> well, he's funny, having a short surname <laughs> <laughs> oh dear oh dear you should read some of his now. other stuff brilliant is oh. he on Twitter yeah oh yeah 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 Oh, what is very, his, very his Twitter? I say he. I'm he's, changed, he's not he. that. It's not that. He's changed it. It's not that. He's probably got number the, the police have got to him. I reckon he must have changed it because he does say some he's, things. Put it that way. No, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. And I say some shit on Twitter. I only do it to wind people up. I don't make people laugh. Sadly. Um. Yeah. The uh, what else? Um. Craig. The, the Havertz um, thing, the, the it's like a number wang. It's like uh, Arteta has a, a, a dice with uh, Havertz, Havertz called the Havertz dice. It's big and lanky with big ears and a big nose. And it's got um, central midfield, defensive midfield, left eight, right eight, striker, <laughs> winger on it. He just rolls it before every game. And then that's the position he's, he's going to play in. Do you think that possibly is he's found his position? Because I think so. He's all elbows up front, isn't he? He, he? he likes the dark arts, doesn't he? Yeah, he does like the dark arts. And you're talking about a player who, when he was at Much and Gladback, he was like German's generational talent um, at the time. And he got his move to Chelsea, and I thought he'd done well. He was in his in his early in his early time at Chelsea. He's got himself a Champions League winner, um, you know. And then he drops off. He comes to Arsenal and. I have to admit, when the signing was made, I was a bit oh, sixty-five million on on um, Everts. I was like, "Oh my god, I don't know about this one." And then, you know, he, he starts to play, and I'm looking at him, and I'm going, "Oh my god, this bloke absolutely offers us nothing. Where where did he come from, and why have we pay sixty-five million pounds for him?" But then he starts to what I call operate quietly and he starts getting involved and he starts he starts making some assists and it's not just what it's like he's it's like Jesus right it's just not his striking ability for me Gabriel Jesus is one of the best hold is one of the best hold up play in the league 
to hold that the ball up and bring play. other people into play. His hold-up play is magnificent. And it's the same as with Havertz. Havertz can slow an attack down to bring more people into it. He can hold up the ball. He can spray it right. He can spray it left. And he's starting to have an effect. And I'm watching him against West Ham and I'm thinking like you then. I'm thinking, just I'll play him up there again. Because he's doing what he can do, what like Jesus can do. He can, you know, he he can hold up the play and bring in other players. He can de- he can be a decoy for Trossard. He could be a decoy for Odegaard, Saka. That's what I see him doing, and I'm very impressed. Um, I would keep him up there against Burnley for sure. Um, and I, I agree with what Melvin said. Just, just don't bring Jesus back too quickly. If we go to Burnley. It's going to be another tough game um, at the weekend. If we go to Burnley and turn them over as easy as we turned over West Ham, now I'm not saying we're going to, no disrespect to Burnley here or anything, but if we go up there and turn them over like we have done with West Ham, with the same formation and the same players, Arteta really has got to start thinking, I cannot change this until something goes drastically wrong. I mean, Trossard, for me, at the weekend, was probably one of his best games in an Arsenal shirt. I thought he was magnificent. Havertz was brilliant. Declan Rice was brilliant. Martin Odegaard was just, like, quietly world-class. You know, you don't hear him, but you you don't hear the commentator's name. You don't hear the commentator saying his name, but anyone that can watch a game of football can see how effective he was at the weekend. It's just, and it's just quietly world-class. I, I love him. I love him. How anyone can wake up on Monday morning and sit in front of the camera and try and think of things to slag the man off. You're not well. You are not well trying to find negatives in his game after what after he does what he does against West Ham. He was absolute mustard. And what a player we've got on our hands. And I just cannot see or fathom how people can't see it. He is mustard. Gabriel, Saliba, Ben White, Kiowa, Martinelli, Saka. It was a masterclass all over the pitch. It was. Um, come to you in a minute, uh, in a second, Melvin. Um, uh, Drago says, people don't like him because he's lanky, similar to Berbatov and Ozil, misunderstood. Drago has a very a different... He sees things in, in football um, that other people don't see, and that's why I like I like um, having him. I should get you on again, Drago, because you're very good. He does. Uh, very critical of the nonsense I come out with when you bully me. But it is good. Uh, going back, Jimmy H says, um, do we just bring Jesus back around Easter? Just think of the puns and taglines people could make up coming with that. <laughs> uh, and uh, Stefan's making a good point. We need to bring money in before we can we can get other players. And uh, what other one was there? Uh, Ev, no, like Noah knows us is what everyone's thinking. We still pay too much for him. I mean, you don't pay as much for a player, Chelsea player as they paid because they always overpay. And when we paid the, virtually the same amount of money, you know, something's not going too good. And a new I name agree with him. here. I, huh? I agree with him. We did overpay for him, but it's done. So yeah, that's not our money. Yeah. Move on. Um, Donkey, I've not seen that name before. 
Um, I used to be a Havertz hater because I expected a baller for £65 million. But starting to see the role he plays in the Arteta system just needs more conviction in the final third. Melvin, it's like having a Kevin Campbell, an Alan Smith, a a Frank Stapleton, a big number nine, and and a Niall Quinn that you're not going to fuck with. And he's going to be there and he's going to set stuff up. And at times during the game, we saw Martinelli up front as the, as the main man, as when Havertz would drop deeper a little bit. And that was making Martinelli look good. And I like to see that. It's, it's really decent, isn't it? The, the position that he's finally found. Has he has he stumbled into that position or, or was that the, like his long-term evil plan? I've got no idea, to be honest with you. I don't know. I, know I. Working. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's working. So good luck. Well, however we got there, it's the end result, isn't it? He is playing better. And also, he doesn't get a lot of the plaudits because all of a sudden he gives a terrific ball and three moves, three passes later, we do something and they're only talking about the last two passes. He's actually, he wins a lot of tackles. He challenges well. He does a lot of running off the ball as well and he, and he, and he gets in people's faces. He's got something about him. I, when he first came to the Arsenal, I thought, about, this will either make or break um, Arteta. This will either define him as a manager, if he gets it this wrong, people are always going to be pointing the finger at him. And if he can get it this, get it right now, with what people have seen, this this person who, for me, he couldn't even kick a ball. It took him like, the effort. I was helping him kick the ball every time. He seemed to not have that energy. To, but he get now it's changed. All of a sudden, he's playing people in. He's seeing people running off and passing to him and getting him. He's part of most of our moves. He's part of now. And go so I'm, I mean, every week he is improving. I'd rather it that way round than he's starting like unbelievable and go downwards. With Odegaard, he is the catalyst of our team. Take him out, and our midfielders sorry, our defenders wouldn't find our midfielders to find their forwards that quickly. Odegaard is the, the, the conductor, he makes it all happen all around him. He's pushing it here, pushing it there. He gets, sometimes he gets the ball and I'm thinking, what are you doing? You're going to get tackled now. And all of a sudden he turns and he's got the ball. No one's near him. That's class. That's seeing things that no one else can see, especially me. I just think there's no way out. You know, there's no way out there. Why have you gone with the ball on that side? You're left footed. He's obviously going to come in and tackle you. And he suddenly he flips and you're thinking, how did he do that? I want to see that again. So, no, he is a catalyst. He's superb. Yes, sometimes he makes mistakes. Sometimes, if he's got a thing I don't, sometimes his shooting could be better. But, I mean, no footballer really at the moment is 100%. You know, everyone's got their little faults, and that's his fault. I'll, I'll live with the rest of his fault. I'll live with that fault, if he can't, you know, because he has scored some terrific goals. But sometimes, the easier chances, he waits a little bit too long, and then he, and he snatches. But I'll take that for what, for what he brings to this side is phenomenal. Without him, we'd be a far worse side, I think. Craig, you uh, retweeted someone the other day who was having a go at Odegaard, didn't you? What was all that about? I didn't look into it. I just thought, what a knob. Um, yeah. The, what were they I saying? Can't, How I, could I can't anybody remember. find fault with him? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I can't remember what they were saying. I, I retweet so much nonsense on Twitter now. <laughs> I, 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 I forget where I am in life. Yeah. Um, look, it's like this. Martin Odegaard is the top, I think, in Europe. I know people will say stats, 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 but stats don't lie um, in, in this context. He's played the most through passes. He's played the most forward passes. 
He's, you know, he he is just a phenomenal footballer. And like Melvin said, and it was here, boy 10 gave a brilliant comment there. Um, Odegaard is the metronome of this team. Mm, um, to call him the metronome is, you know, the team has no idea what tempo is without him. And it is just so true. And what Melvin said there, you take the metronome out, no one, no one can follow the beat anymore. You know, the, the beat is gone and it, it was going to turn to mush. So to keep him fit, to keep him in the team is is a must. People, I I just don't understand or where someone can sit down and say, right, I'm going to sit here now and I'm going to find a fault with this player and I'm going to put it on Twitter. Mm. What do you exactly expect to happen when 99.9% of Arsenal fans can see what a class player he is when you're going to sit there and try and find something negative to say, you are going to get pelters because you're either doing it for one one or two things. You're either doing it, one, because you're stupid and you don't understand the game of football or you're doing it for another reason that you have a blue tick and the more interactions you get, the more money you get. That is what has ruined Twitter as a platform. I block them immediately now when I see that. Yeah. Uh, what, what's, what's your favourite colour, red or green block, Stratton, because you're just yeah, playing the yeah. game? The Blue Tick Brigade are now playing the Twitter game, the YouTube game, the Twitter game, where you just post absolute pony and sit back and watch the money rolling. It's as easy as that. The more pony you put on Twitter, the more money you make. And that... It's, that, that that's the only reason I can think why they do it because there is no Arsenal fan on this earth that can actually believe themselves if they post something negative about Odegaard. I, 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 you just don't believe it. You do, you do not believe your own words and you're doing it simply for traction. It is. I mean... I- We've got um, ABW, we've got 35,100 followers on Twitter. And if anybody wants to go and find a load of uh, Arsenal fans to follow, all of them, well, I make sure I only follow Arsenal fans. So the, I follow, think we follow 19, 20,000 all Arsenal fans. And you can go and check them, every single one of them. Apart from the odd, uh, we follow podcasts as well that follow us back. But um, talking about the Erdegaard and the, and the games, Melvin, I'm just looking. Our last four games scored 16 conceded two, two clean sheets. I'm looking at the goal scorers of those 16 goals. Saka, four. Gabriel, centre-back, three. Trossard, three. Martinelli, three. Saliba, one. Rice, one. And Jesus, one. That is... Uh, did we say it before the pod that the um I think we did that how what was what was what's made this happen? Is it simply just going away to to uh, to Saudi and is and has that made that much difference to the team because we've come back a, a new team. The, the four games before that, we lost two 0 to Liverpool, we lost two one to Fulham, we lost two 0 to West Ham, and we drew one one with Liverpool. What do you put that turnaround of form down to? Or like me, have you got no idea? <laughs> Who's that to? So maybe I'll ask if you like, uh, Dan. Yeah, you, Melvin. I, I think uh, we were getting stale, so going away is not a bad idea. How many of those goals do have we scored from 
set pieces. Must be at least four, which we didn't do before. So that's helped. They've worked on uh, recharging the batteries is the same thing, but it's just a break. It's a mental break, not just physical. It's a mental break. Get away, right? Let's start again. Let's start again. We're not all right. We're, we're not top of the league. We were top of the league, and now we're four or five points behind. That's not a bad place, is it? We, you know, it's not a bad place to be. We could be far worse than this, and we can build on this. It, it, I think it just, re, as I say, recharged the batteries, got them thinking in one direction, got them thinking together, got a few things done, re, corners against us to corners for us. That, that was looking shocking before they went away. Absolutely shocking. We were letting goals in through. Every time the other team got a corner, you were, you were shutting one of your eyes, weren't you, in all fairness? That not that seems to have stopped, and we're scoring goals from set pieces, so that helped. And you know what it's like: a success breeds success. Once we started on the right, on the front foot in the first game, the confidence comes back. Momentum in football is very important, and we've got it. And let's keep this momentum going. We can get keep it going now. We got Burnley on uh, Saturday. Not no game is easy, so we say no. It's not easy, but we've got. Every game we play now, mentally, we probably think we can get a result. Four games, the four games before they went away, every game, God, that's a tough one. We're probably thinking, oh my God, we've got to play them. Even I've got, that's going to be a tough one. Now, <laughs> it's all about confidence, momentum and confidence. And we've got it. We've got it. And all the players know what they're doing. They've got a job and they seem to have clicked. And it's, uh, you know, it, it may be coincidence, but I don't think it is. That break has done us so much good. How about you, Craig? What's your thoughts on our run of form and can we continue it? Yeah, the run of form is great and you want to see us continue it and I can't see no reason why we can't continue it. It's just like Melvin said, winning breeds confidence and confidence, you know, makes you winners. So, again, another tough game coming up against Burnley. It's one that I'm not getting overconfident about. You know, I've been involved in football and watch football enough times to know that it can go, it could, it, you know, you can beat Liverpool. As I said, the Liverpool result means nothing if you don't beat West Ham. And and the results going on don't mean nothing if we don't get a result. Um, I would expect us to win. I, I hope we win. We, we, we're definitely good enough to be beating teams like Burnley. Again, no disrespect. But we all know what can happen <coughs> in, in the Premier League. It's It's... This league is so, it, it's so mad. Anyone can beat anyone. It doesn't matter if you're bottom playing top. Bottom can beat top. Fourth can beat eighth. Eighth can beat second. It's the league is. That's probably why it is one of the best leagues in the world because it's so unpredictable. It's not like the German league where, you know, Bayern Munich win it all the time until Harry Kane goes there. Now, now it looks like Mutch and Gladbach are going to win it. Um, do you know, I saw a brilliant tweet actually the other day while I'm talking about Harry Kane that he's going to join Celtic when he's 37 and Hibs are going to win the league. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be good. But um, um, 11 years in a row they've won the Bundesliga. And then, yeah, look at that. And then Eric Dyer and Harry Kane arrive and it all goes Spursy. But um, it's, it's beautiful. The, the resurgence of form, a great decision by Arteta to take him away. You know, and make sure that they, like Melvin said, to make sure that they have a bit of time out as well. You know, we saw pictures of Saka on a boat having a relax and people are like, oh, well, we, we've dropped four points in the league and Saka's, Saka's in uh, 
Saka's in um, Dubai on the back of a boat relaxing. You know, I mean, like, what do these people actually? What do these people actually actually think they do that they're going to go over there and train twenty four hours a day? Like, it's not what they went there for. They went there to get away from football. And it, it's worked to wonder. Someone's just um, pulled me up there. And sorry about that. It's not it's Leverkusen, not much in Gladbach. Sorry, my apologies. Sounds similar. Um, long names. Long they love names. a long name in Germany. Yeah. Um, can the form carry on? Yes, it can. Only if Arteta is not tempted to change it. He should go to Burnley on Sunday, unchanged, and see where we go. Great message here from from Seb, a, uh, a, f- a French American uh, Australian, I think, is a podcast with him. He was on the uh, the Highbury squad as a guest when when I when I called up. He says Wenger built the stadium and Arteta turned on the lights. That's nice. uh, like that. Like that should that. go on a t shirt somewhere. You want to copyright that, Seb, before someone steals it <laughs> off you? Um, Melvin, the I, I heard on a podcast, can't claim it for my own. That before um, before the trip to and yes, um, Steph pointed out they went to Saudi. They didn't go to uh, they went to Dubai, not Saudi. Fucking, it's like getting Scotland, Wales, and England mixed up. Terrible. I was tight. I was writing. I was writing down my next two questions. Um, before they went away to Dubai, Rice had taken three corners in his career. Now he's taking all the corners. That shows how a little bit of time away, a little bit of relaxing, work on new ideas. Um, how good that can be. Uh, did, did you watch, Steve, have you watched the, um, before I come back to you, Melvin, have you watched the, the Bayer Leverkusen Bayern Munich game at all, or the highlights? No. no. Their first goal, it was from a corner on the far top left-hand corner. They took the corner, a short corner, and then they did something, I, did, I can't remember what, exactly what they did, and they scored from it. And I remember thinking, that's the kind of stuff young managers come up with. They 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 reinvent stuff. They come up with new ideas, new plans, new new tactics. And Melvin, the the, the whole idea of getting Declan Rice to take the corner. I said I was going to call him Ben White, didn't I, before the show? I've managed to uh, not do it. Uh, that Declan Rice taking those corners because, like somebody put in the chat, that Trossard was co- constantly hitting the first man or going completely over. So was Saka, surprisingly. But getting him to take those those corners is a stroke of genius, isn't it? It's made all the difference. It's absolutely made all the difference. Uh, did he take him at West Ham then, Rice? Did he? I don't no know. No idea. But whatever it is, it works. It just absolutely makes a big difference to us. So it, it's it's great to see now teams, when they defend against us, before they don't mind giving away a corner against us because it, it wasn't going nowhere. They were going to get back possession anyway. Nowadays, the back of their mind, they got to be a bit careful. And because of that, they might make even more mistakes against us. Don't relax as much. No, it, it's great to have something in your armory, something extra, rather than just pumping it up and playing it back from the left to the right and all that business. No, it, I mean, we're scoring from all different positions, all different angles, from all different players. So it, if we play like that, it, it, we must be very difficult to defend against. So, uh, you know, all they have to do now, the, the clubs to defend against us, is, is uh, they can, they can um, not bother to mark our goalkeeper <clears throat> because he ain't going to score. But the rest of the team, any of them can score. <clears throat> Apparently, though, those wise words that Seb put in there are from Gunnerblog. I can't stand Gunnerblog, so that is a shit phrase and I don't like it. Half the stuff <laughs> I do, I steal from usually AC Jimbo. Occasionally, I listen to Ask Blog, but not when, when Gunnerblog's on it because he's a knob. 
um just reading through some of the other comments uh boy 10 says javi is doing the things he wanted his managers to let him do with his teams that's true oh noza says yes he did take corners at west ham oh, right. um uh, uh, drago says declan moving like prime beckham recently fucking hell and <laughs> that's a uh that's a bit of a claim um Craig, heard this other stat again from another podcast. I can't remember. It might have been a tweet, actually. Yeah, it was a tweet because people were saying bullshit. Um, Gabriel has scored 15 goals in 150 career games. That's a goal every 10 games. There's Premier League strikers that haven't managed a goal every 10 games. And they said Gabriel has scored the most number of goals as a centre-back in Europe, beating the record that Vermaelen had. Now, there was no date stated in that. So I don't know, but but in general, for him to this season, <clears throat> I should have had the number of goals he's got this season. He has got four this season in twenty-two Premier League games, and well, then last is... season he had three. Season before that, he had five. Not bad, is it? It's not bad going at all. I mean, if you can have a centre half, who's going to score that many goals? Um, you know, everyone's going to want one of them uh, in their team. But this, I mean, listen, the set piece, the, the set piece coach needs some you know he needs some props here um i haven't seen our set pieces be so good for a long long time i mean even that free kick that declan rice put in i mean what's a free kick yeah it's just anyone a striker i mean if it wasn't gabriel that was going to header it in trossard was there havertz was there it was on it was on the head of three players it was just who was going to get there first he needs some props. I'm not too sure of his name. I should know his name, really. Um, I'm not too sure of his name, but the the corners, you know, since since they've got back from Dubai, the corners have been brilliant. Um, the free kicks have been brilliant. Again, going away to Dubai, sit down at a table. Okay, what are we doing wrong? I, let's have a look at these set pieces. Trossard can't hit the Trossard can't hit past the first defender. Saka can't hit past the first defender. Right. Who have we got who can strike a ball? Well, let's have a look at Declan Rice tomorrow, shall we? Let's have a look at his taking him out onto the pitch, told him what put the ball there, Declan, put the ball there, Declan. Each time Declan puts the ball there, each time a player comes and rises like a salmon at the back post and headers it in. I think we found our corner taker, Mikel. I think we found our corner taker. So things little things like that can happen on these on these on these trips away. And look, it's working. It's working. It's there for all to see. And that's that about 15 goals and I'll add on to it that he's probably one of the best centre-halves in the league as well yes yes <laughs> it's, it's not a bad player to have is it it's certain and, and I missed, tell me if I'm wrong wasn't he Mikel Arteta's first signing um, good question good question I have got a list correct me if I'm wrong single player that Mikel has signed um, Arteta's players uh, you won't be surprised to hear that I've got Google Sheets the first player he bought was Pablo Mar and Cedric Mo- um, Suarez on permanent deals on the 1st of July then it was William George Lewis Tim Akinola oh it wasn't then <laughs> oh, no first team player four 1st of September and the others were 1st of July so yeah, you're not far out. Only it was number four, number but they're four. getting the first two. I suppose they were loans that turned into signings, so that could make him number number two behind William. Mm, okay, yeah, it's not a bad memory. I'd never have known that. I had no idea. I, I, um, I knew I knew he, he signed him. I didn't know when because at the time it was the COVID, I believe. And I used to listen to a, a po- Arsenal podcast and used to go walking in the park, and that was my just listening to these 
guys on a podcast. I really enjoyed it. It took my mind away that I was actually doing some exercise. And they were talking about the signing, and they said the pros and cons of his. And I never forget. And I thought, oh, this guy sounds good. But they said he was a little bit slow in turning. So I put on YouTube, watched it. He looked fantastic. But you can't always tell from YouTube how good a player is. And I, as I say, it just sticks in my mind. I remember walking around the pitch and they were doing a, right, we signed him. What's he like? Is he any good? Blah, blah, blah. Is he really worth 25 million? They were going. <laughs> well, <laughs> we found out, didn't we? No, we certainly have. Um, uh, Stefan is a legacy ABW listener. Has sent me a cheeky WhatsApp, and here is it. I put in the chat a YouTube link to you know those pricks that do the techers stuff. They used to do Sky Sports. Now they've got their own channel. Show him to um, showing the corners that he can take in the free kicks and the techers that he can do. So that's in the chat. And if you liked it, you can thank me. If you don't like it, you can go and give Stefan a little bit of grief. Um, questions people we've only got three questions at the moment it's been running along the bottom of your screens you have seen it now i'd like some questions because we're only going to go for another 10 or 50 you too good for another 10 15 minutes yeah. lovely yeah, we've got 10 15 minutes elvin if we don't get if um, when we finish the questions can yeah. we please talk about the young kid that come on for 13 14 we'll minutes. do that now while we're waiting for these lot to send us in some questions on the uh where what minute did he come on uh, 80th 70, or something, 70, right? 77th minute ethan manwari came on for gabriel martinelli and also on the bench because you're mentioning the kids was um bandera and walters so I ha- I watched the game on fast forward and skipping and stuff like that because I was lazy and didn't get my ass out of bed. But Melvin, um, how impressed were you with Munwari? Because I have not seen any of it because by the time five minutes before the show started, I had ten minutes of the game left to go, so I didn't watch the last ten minutes of it. And didn't did I imagine it? Did I see one of the other young men warming up? I think it might have been Bandera, but he didn't come on. He never what came. He never came on. No, no. Uh, he was the only youngster to come on out the three. Was the only one. So what do yeah. you think about Manwari? Did you see anything? Yes, I did see something. I saw a Ooh. guy that reminded me of the darts player. You can't believe the darts player was how old was he that this year? The the guy was he sixteen or something? Sixteen. 17? Yeah, he's not yeah. sixteen. He's he reminded me of the darts player. You're having a double look and going, no, 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 come on. Someone's got the birth certificates muddled up here. He yeah. looked as he came on, he was so confident. And what really made it for me that the Arsenal players were just giving him the ball. They weren't worried at all. They had confidence mm-hmm. in him as well. Every chance they had, they gave him the ball. He got it. He moved one way, turned the other way. I mean, the first thing he did was, actually, I thought he could have got booked. The tackle he did on one of the West Ham players. I thought, bloody hell, take it easy, mate. You don't get booked your first game. But his ball control, his awareness, the way he plays with his his head up. I mean, it's you don't know. You know as I say, you don't know where things are going. But if he makes any type of slight slight improvement in a year we have got some player but a time is say 20 he might play for us a bit earlier who knows but if he just keeps that going he is going to be a phenomenal player he's ball control he just sees everything around him he was doing one twos around the west Ham players all right they're a beaten team he wasn't doing against liverpool when we're trying to get a goal i admit that but at the same time to play in the premiership and do these little touch-offs one twos and Look over his shoulder and give a bit. Oh, just that's just true. It was lovely uh, for me. That was that for me was the bonus of watching that game. I loved the game. And when I saw him come on, I thought, right, let's see this. I think he had it, but I'll, you never know. 
and it was it was the icing on the cake for me. I was so happy, and I wanted those whatever it was, twelve, thirteen minutes, whatever extra time to go slowly because I wanted him to get more and more of the ball. But he got a hell of a lot of it though. Odegaard didn't stop giving him the ball, so that was great to see. Craig, any thoughts on him? Because I did. Yeah, see like it. yeah, like Melvin said, the biggest compliment you can get, I suppose, um, is you know when he comes on and all the players are giving are giving you the ball. That means that they trust you. You know, they obviously, it's not only the manager that obviously can see something in him. The players can obviously see it as well because he's been training with them. He trains with them every day. Now, if the rumours are to be, if the rumours are to be believed, there was Arsenal players whispering to Arteta to put him on. Um, apparently, if, if, we're, if we're to believe rumours um, that they were whispering, you know, bus, perhaps you should, you know, Perhaps it'd be a good time to put him on. But like Melvin said, he comes onto the pitch. For me, it reminded me of when I first saw Baki Arasaka. Um, you can just tell that there's something about him. You can just tell there's something about him. I mean, I know Mikel Arteta can pick out some nice players. There's arguments there that he's picked out some 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 bad ones as well. But this boy looks like he's got it about him. And again, I was very relaxed straight away just by the fact, like Melvin mentioned, Odegaard kept giving him the ball. The first thing that Odegaard did when he came on the pitch was run over to him and give him a high five. That means that he's already part of the team. He's already part of the team. Even though he's, I think, what was that, his second second appearance? Um, he's already He's already part of that side. He trains with them. He obviously socialises with them. He's part of the team. And for a young kid to be part of a, of a team that good is going to, you know, he's, he's confident. He must be buzzing. He must be absolutely buzzing, uh, a player of his age, to be, a, you know. You see it so many times, young players coming in and the players are not too sure, should I pass it to him? Um, sh- you know, should I give it to him? There was none of that. There was no hesitation on any of those players giving him the ball because they know what he can do and they know what he's capable of. And like I said, if we're seeing that from our players, then I, I, I don't think we have anything to worry about. Good. Let's um, let's do some questions. Why is that stopped? Stupid bloody thing. Right, here we go. Some questions. They've pulled their fingers out. They're only showing off because you're here, Craig. Um, first question for you, Craig, from Boy10. Arteta wants to get legit from Bayern Munich, is it, or Barcelona? There's a Dutch one at each of them. I don't know. Uh, can we see De, De Litt and Kivior as a centre-back pairing? How would that work? We've only got two. It, it, what, in the League Cup? In the League Cup, I could, yeah. Um, <laughs> not in the Premier League. And again, it goes back to what we were talking about. Is the legit or uh, legit or however, however, how you pronounce it? Delit or something Delit. like that. Oh, why, why, I'm not too sure why Arteta would be interested in him when we've got Durian Timber and Kiowa. Now, unless it's going to be something where he's going to sell Kiowa and bring him in, then yeah, okay. Um, but as a centre-back pairing in the Premier League, not a chance. No, I don't think so. Either. I think the boy 10 is teasing us. Melvin, a question to you from a boy 10 again. Should Manwari be trusted with a start before the end of the season? I hope not. 
because I think that we can't af- we can't afford doing things that might stop us winning title. If we're putting him in, it means the, t- the title's over and we can start taking a few chances. But no, no, I'd love him to get more minutes. I'd love him to be brought on 15, 20 minutes before the end of certain games. And not necessarily when we're 6-0 up, obviously. But I want to slowly build with this kid. Slowly build. Don't throw him at the deep end. There's no need to at the moment. We've got plenty of players in front of him that can do the job. We don't need to take any chances with this kid. Let him be part of it. Let him grow into it. I think we'd be fine. No, I don't want to see him start. No, no not really. Not, not unless we have a very, very, very bad... Hopefully it never happens. Bad injury um, uh, record, and we've got we've got we're looking for people to put in certain positions. No, let him do it. Let build. Let us build him up, shall we? Mm-hmm. Ten minutes here, fifteen minutes there, and let him do it that way. Nice comment here from Mars Gunner. Great to see Craig. It's been a while. Met Mervin at the Fox and Hounds last summer before the Barcelona game. That's, huh. That's nice. It's very Patrick, nice. Patrick Carlson in Sweden has finally turned up. Excellent. Um, apparently, Drago says it's de lit. That, that doesn't really help. What's his first name? De Dave. Lehit. It's Dave from, uh, I still don't know if it's Barcelona or, or um, Bayern Munich. And uh, here we go, Terry Mancini. <laughs> He's much more youthful looking than the darts boy, Melvin. That kid looks like he plays bingo and sneakily joined a retirement home support group. <laughs> to pull the birds he's not 16 impossible <laughs> oh apparently his first name is uh, Mateus. unpronounceable like that the uh like today um if you're not in the uk you won't know of a uh, radio one and then later radio two dj steve wright mm-hmm. only 69 yeah. passed away and he was the the center of everybody in the 80s who liked music would listen to him yeah. and quite often when i see a name like this i'd go made up name because that's what he would say during the show. Someone would read, read something and go, that's a made-up name. And that's why I say made-up name. When a player I can't pronounce or have never heard of. Uh, yeah, very sad that he passed away today. But the BBC shit on him. They told him and Simon Mayo to go away. To, and they've both been at the BBC for more than 40 years. Scumbags. Probably because they weren't nonces. Oh. Oh, well, there again, they would have they'd have got they'd have got rewards if they had been. Oh, Man City have scored this two one now. They got us all excited. Right back to this next question uh, for you, Craig from Drago. I don't believe we will do it, but do you think we're going to win the league? And you can answer this one as well after uh, Melvin. I'd like to think we will. I'd like to think we will. I do lie in bed some nights thinking, planning out the week, what pubs I'd go into and how long I would stay in them for and what (laughs) pints I'd be drinking and what I'd have to be saying to the wife because I haven't been coming in two o'clock in the morning every week, every day. Um, Can we win the league? We certainly can win the league. We certainly can win it. But we have to keep winning football matches, as we all know, obviously. I think Liverpool will drop points. I think Manchester City could drop some points as well. I think we can beat Manchester City away. And I also think we can beat anyone. I I back us to beat anyone. 
at the moment, the way we're playing. Anyone. So why not? Why can't Arsenal win the league? Someone tell me why we can't. I, there's the challenge. You know, people say, oh, we can't, we can't. Tell me why we can't. And I'll have a look. But for me, yes, I believe we can win the division. I think a, uh, a good sign to whether you can do it or not is team in first place, we've taken four out of six. Team in second place, we've taken three out of three points available. And the team in fourth don't really count. Um, Villa don't really count. Man United, well, they'll probably win 10 in a row, then lose 10 in a row. And to be in sixth place with a goal difference of zero for Man United. You look at our one, 53 goals. Um, Man Liverpool only scored 55 and Man City 56. Goals conceded, we've conceded 22, Liverpool 23, Man City 25. And goal difference, we're 31, City 31, mm. Liverpool 32, Melvin. What's your thoughts on it? Well, the, the games we've lost, apart from the Fulham one, we, we we could have easily won, and they're against decent teams. When we lost away to Villa, I thought this is the day they were on. They were really, really on on top. Villa, they were they were flying when we played them. I didn't think they're any good. I thought we outplayed and we got we deserved at least a draw. That was when we had a funny couple of uh, decisions against us. I know against Newcastle we didn't produce much, but I don't think. We deserve to get beaten that one, especially with the goal they scored. So really, it's only the Fulham one that, that sticks in my throat, the way we just let that one go after being 1-0 up. That was didn't look like a team that could win anything, get in the top four even, let alone win the, the, the league. But now it's all about confidence. And I don't say there's a difference with saying we will win the league. You gotta be, you gotta be, you can't really say that, really. Of course you can't. But can we win the league? The answer is definitely yes. We will win it. I don't know. But we can definitely win it. Definitely win it. And we haven't been in that position. Take the last couple of years out the equation. We haven't been in that position for so many years. You know, we, we, we've been praying for fourth place for the last 10 years, really. Uh, and now we've actually, we're into February. It looks like it's going to be March and March. And also it looks like April. We'll still be in the top three. In with a shout. We normally by December we're hoping we have a good cup run to make our season be okay. Now it's the league. It's now the last three seasons. It's the league, and this season it seems like we're stronger. Listen, we are stronger. We've got Rice, who makes an enormous difference to us. He was the difference. We never got three points away at West Ham last year. He, he, he you know, we were two in up coast, and then all of a sudden he he, he got a, he broke the uh, broke our confidence. But now, yeah, we can win the league. Of course we can. We're good enough. We can play against like Craig said. We can be any team on our day. And our days now, the last four games have been our days. Let, let, that, get that, let that continue. And then we can beat any team. You don't know what's going to happen with a bit of luck, with injuries, with, I hate to say it, referee's decision that sometimes goes against you or whatever, or just things, you know, you can be unlucky and lose a game sometimes. You can be. It's just like hits the post and goes out, or hits the post and go in. You can't do anything about that. But as on a on a level playing field, I fancy us against anyone. I really do. So yeah, we can do it. Whether we will, I don't know. But I think we, yeah, we definitely can. Can't argue with that. Uh, Craig, as a member of the goalkeepers' union, a question from Jimmy H. Overall, I was a Rambo fan, but slowly Raya has won me over since the break. Yeah. Raya seems to have gone up 
a level and has made a difference with the quick release putting us on the front foot on the counter. What's your thoughts about that being a goalkeeper? Absolutely. Absolutely agree with him 110%. I was getting same. too excited. <laughs> no, but I was the same. I was sitting back thinking, why, what has Ramsdale done that deserves you to go out? You know, you know, Ramsdale probably single-handedly got us in the top four last year. You know, saved us, pulled off some blinding saves that you know got us results. Makes a okay, starts the season shaky, makes a bad mistake, and I'm thinking, does he? Does that really? Does that really mean you need to go out and bring in another goalkeeper and just drop him? Right, because we must forget then he was just pushing for the England spot as well. You know, he was he was he was starting to get games uh, with England. So I'm thinking, what is this manager doing? And then he brings in Raya, and I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing anything more better than than, than what Ramsdale, what Ramsdale was offering us. But Jimmy's right. Since he's been in the team and he's he's been he's been getting his starts, he's improving every single game. And again. I think this quick distribution thing, again, has come from Dubai. I think it's something they worked on when they went away. Something that someone has said, look, this goalkeeper, I I, I'm, I coach goalkeepers. And the new thing with goalkeepers at the moment is that the, I don't believe in, but it's what the gaffer wants me to do, is making a goalkeeper part of the defence. And when I say part of the defence, I mean on the pitch. He wants... We went over to Barcelona and we played against Atletico Madrid. And their goalkeeper was part of their back line. When he played the ball out, he went out with it. Left the goal open. But he was an extra player that they could get the ball to, that he could move it on. It sounds mad. It is mad. But... That's what they want goalkeepers to do now. They want to. They want them to become part of the of the makeup instead of just standing in the eighteen yard box doing nothing. They want them doing something, and I think Raya could be very. I think Raya could be very good at that. Being, you know, you, you you'll notice it's happening when he passes the ball out to the defender. Instead of just running back and standing in his goal, he's actually running into space to get it back. Instead of just passing the ball forward and then letting the defence progress the ball up the pitch, he's actually the one who's getting back into space to give the ball on, then to progress it up the pitch. It's all changing. It's all there. You go. The mask gunner. Goalkeepers are now the twelfth man. It's being a goalkeeper is not what it used to be. It's certainly not what it used to be when I was a kid or when I was playing. The goalkeeping position is probably one of the is probably one of the biggest much evolved positions on the football pitch at the moment. To answer the question, I've gone off on a bit of a tangent there. To answer the question, Raya, for me at the moment, is better than Aaron Ramsdale. But Raya's twenty eight, Ramsdale's twenty five, and they've got time, haven't they? They've got time to to evolve. Um, I'll answer the next question from Seb. Selman Ware or keep personally, I had sell with a hefty kickback clause. Now I can see why you've asked that because a lot of teams are having to sell their youth players because help with FFP. 
But I think that FFP, the, the variation of FFP, which means nobody bought players in January, I think that's going to they're going to get rid of that because the game is about money and only money and football comes second to money and the people who run it will know that and the people who make the money will be pressurising them. So I don't think this will happen. But, I mean, you probably get 50 million for him, 60 million. I mean, that's how some teams like Liverpool really rate Man City really rate him. But the only team that played that amount of money for a, for a child and put, he put him on a contract longer than now how many years old he is would be Chelsea and he's not going there. So, no, I, don't, I wouldn't and I don't think they will. Uh, Melvin, um, hold on. That one is this. Uh, do you want one about um, party or one about Patino? Uh, party, please. Jimmy H says, with the news party is due back soon, has the team evolved more more that we don't really need him? So need him. So sit him down and just take the cash in the summer when he is fit. I mean, that's if we get cash and they don't just cancel his contract. What do you think? If he's if he, if it's a big if, isn't it? If he's fully fit, you've got to play party. He's got to be in contention, put it that way. I love watching him. He's one of the reasons you actually go watch football to see players like him. That's if he's fit. It's no point. It's no point if he's half fit and he can't quite get there and he's now hasn't got that bit of speed anymore to just make that tackle. Keeps getting booked. He, at certain times, I just watched him and thought, we're so lucky to have a player like this in our team. It's slightly changed now because we've actually evolved without him. So there might be a slight bias on that. But when I watched him play against teams, decent teams, and him running the midfield, he was was fantastic. And it's a shame we didn't see more of him playing with Rice. And if you you don't play him until the end of the season, whatever you thought you were going to get for him, you're going to get half. There's no point in that. He has he is a quality player. If he is fit, play him when when necessary. When when there's a spot, say for example, if Jorginho can't play for a, for a reason like at the moment he's got a foot injury or so, but no, you just can't let him in the reserves and then try and get something for the end of the season. He's an asset. He may not be in the first eleven every week, even when he's fit, but he's an asset, and he and he, and he makes again another player that makes us tick. So, no, I wouldn't just, no. If he's fit and if there's a place for him, don't try and make a place for him. But if there's a little opening for him, give him, put him on again because he's terrific. I love watching him play. Can't argue with that. Um, I mean, I would argue with that, but I'm not going (laughs) to. He's out. We've got a winning formation. Just leave it like that. Don't want him in the team. Uh, The final question from Boy10 for you, Craig. Should Arteta look to integrate Patino next season, seeing as both Swansea managers this season have been raving about him, as were, where was he last season? Um, Was it Huddersfield? Blackpool. Blackpool. Mm. They loved it. They even had a chant for him, didn't they? They loved him that much. What do you think about that? Put it this way, right? Let's okay. Charlie Patino, great little player. No one's going to deny that. Great footballer. Odegaard, Rice, Party, Havertz, Odegaard. Who else? ESR. Yeah, I said Odegaard. I said Odegaard. Not Odegaard. I meant sorry, um, Trossard. I meant sorry, Trossard. Right? They can all play central midfield, or they can all play centrally. Okay. What one of those four players, or those five players? <laughs> is he going to force out or is he is going to challenge? Well, um, 
None. None. Can't, can you so, go those multi-million pound players as a seasoned internationals and go, you're on the yeah. bench, son. Good luck. Oh, there you go. Look, sorry, I, I left out Smith Rowe. I've left out Vieira. <coughs> Six. Unfortunately for me, Charlie Patino is a fantastic little player. I've watched him play for Blackpool, watched him play for Swansea. Is he at the level where he can come back from Swansea and come into the Arsenal team and play in the Premier League? I don't think so, unfortunately. I think he is one of the players that we could get money for and send him on his way. I also think what I've been reading about him, I also think he would be the kind of player to say, okay, yes, thank you, Arsenal, for bringing me through. Thank you for giving me my opportunity. I understand that I'm not good enough to be... Not not, not, not good enough. That's the wrong... Oh, so, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm not good. I'm, I'm not going to be... I'm not going to get into this team. I'm young. There's The whole world is out there for me. I can sign for Swansea. I could sign for... You know, he, He's going to be a superb championship player for, for, for whoever signs him. He could be a super. He could be a great buy for for a lower Premier League club, but at this moment in time, unfortunately, I don't see any pathway for Charlie Patino. Unfortunately, yeah, that is. And then you're going to look at the other young players. I mean, if uh, Manwari is a generational talent and he's managed to get the whole of two Premier League games in two seasons. Mm. And both as subs. Uh, oh, Mark's turned up. Nearly done, Mark. Terrible. Um, yeah, like Boy Ten says, wrong time, right place for Patino. Exactly, yeah, sadly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we've all agreed there that um, unless something drastic happens, then uh, he isn't really going to get a chance. This is nowhere to. And if uh, selling ESR, that could be a part of a pathway through letting Party go because he might cancel his contracts. He never plays. Each one of these transfers is a step closer to playing semi-regularly, but he isn't going to go in and start playing regularly. You can't do that. He will be coming in. The best he can hope for is to be a sub and come in on like Trossard does. That kind of future for him. And then I just I, I, sorry to interrupt you there, Dan. I just hope he's got good people around him because he is a good mm-hmm. player. There's, there's there's no denying that he's a good player. Um, and like Patrick just said, there he can evolve with better players around him. He could, but I don't think. I just don't. He could evolve at Arsenal into a into a better player, but is he going to get out the passes, the rices, the the you know? No, he's not. It's just it's just not going to happen. So I all I hope for for him is that he's got good people around him. He's got a good agent. They sit him down and they say, "Look, it's not. It it, it looks likely it's not going to happen at Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, it's not you. It's us. Yeah, it's likely it's not going to happen. We need to get your club." And we need, you know, we need to get you into a first team somewhere because who knows what's going to happen to him? I could be sitting here in five years' time with absolute egg on my face while he's over playing for Real Madrid. Yeah. But at this time, my opinion is that there's no place for him here, unfortunately. Sad times. Right, that's it. We're done. Um, I'm going to bring back the gentleman's nod. Completely forgot about it. That's where we have, we pick somebody from Twitter or somebody that we know in real life. We just want to go. Other podcasts may give them a shout out. We don't. We're classy here, apparently. I want to give them a gentleman's nod. So is there anybody you would like to give a gentleman's nod to, Craig? Um, not really. Not that I haven't got any gentleman's nods. That I, I haven't really... 
Dan, I've been out of this. I, I've been out of podcasting for so long. I, I don't know who's who anymore. Um, do I listen to any other Arsenal podcasts? Uh, unfortunately, I'm probably going to give you the ump here, but I'm going to give my gentleman's knob to Glenn. Uh, gentleman's knob? Gentleman's <laughs> nod. <laughs> I'm going to give my gentleman's nod to Gunner Blog for what he said about Chris Sutton. Oh, yes, okay. I mean, I thought that was uh, very childish and pathetic what he did, but if it made people smile. Yes, it uh, was childish and it was yeah. pathetic, but it was true. Well, I like Chris Sutton, though. <laughs> Chris Sutton is playing the game and the people get wound up for it. But uh, fair enough, that's yours. Melvin, have you got anyone you want to give a gentleman's nod to or a cheeky oh. wave? Well, as a podcaster, um, anything could be your milkman. No, I can't think of anything at the moment. Sorry, I'm just you've uh, for once I'm lost for words. Sorry, yeah. I'll do a bit of homework. I'll do a bit of homework. Usually, when people get lost, they go the last person who tweeted me. That was a favorite way of going and doing it. My one's going to be there on is the someone same who's I'm sorry, there is someone on, that I've, mm. I've met and I follow on Twitter and big Arsenal supporter, and uh, he puts a few people in the, their place. In, in a special way, and uh, it's Simon Lester. I don't know if you know him. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, Simon Lester, I've been on a few pods, years ago, I've been on a few pods with him. Terrific guy. Uh, met him as well. Terrific guy. And uh, yes, when he puts something on, I have a double take, make sure I get it right. And yet, understand that now. Yep, understand. Good. And I've got a lot of uh, time for him. That is Simon Lester, L-E-S-T-E-R, 24 on the Twitters, followed by yeah. 35 people that I follow. Uh, likes golf, animal lover, built in Essex, but now living in Cheshire. Up the Essex. Watching the Arsenal since the 70s, you poor, poor man. Bless you. And I'm going to give a little nod to my daughter, Sean, who is, uh, I told her I'll be done by nine o'clock. She can give me a ring because I'm trying to bribe her to come home and sort out her room, which is full of my mum and my brother's shit that I need to put on eBay and sell. So if anybody wants to buy a load of shit, go to eBay. Um, what, what's my eBay account called? Let's go and have a little look. It's called um, Danny's underscore loft underscore of underscore stuff. If you want banknotes, Pokemon cards, trading cards, Xbox stuff, PlayStation stuff, all kinds of shit. DVDs. I'm above about a thousand of those. Just get the decent ones. Go there, buy it, and actually pay me for it. And don't be a twat. Because I need I've got seven hundred odd things for sale on eBay. And they're blocking up space in my room, my house. I'm not having it. Anyway, um, that is it. Craig, thank you very much for, for being on. And uh, we will see you again hopefully in a couple of weeks. Absolutely, mate. Been a pleasure. Um as one of as Lee Judges used to say, always a pleasure, never a chore. Excellent, and Lee would know. Uh, Melvin, uh, glad we could get you back on so soon after my my poop based aborted podcast from a couple of weeks ago. No, th- no, thanks very much. I just got to say though, I was on, as I said before, I was on Craig's uh, audio podcast all those years ago. It's a bit surreal for me being on the podcast with him. Not taking anything away from you, Danny, but uh, take it's a bit away. Surreal I don't it. Being on the same like visual podcast as. Uh, Thank you, mate. I appreciate that. But uh, it's it's um, it's it is what it is. I don't, I, people, the same old Arsenal podcast was great when it was, it was when it was it up was. there. But look, think all all good things come to an end, and um, everyone. The, the the one thing I'm happy about with that is that everyone that was on it have gone to bigger and better things. So that's that's what I'm pleased about. Um, they've all gone to bigger and better things. So perhaps, you know, things happen for a reason and perhaps that's why it happened. And like I said, they've all gone to bigger and better things. They're all doing their own thing. 
they're all been very successful. So good luck to them. Ah, boy, 10 had a question. Uh, it is a bit weird, Craig. You and me have, uh, we have formed and shaped the Arsenal podcasting world. And here we are swimming down at the bottom of the pond, eating duck poo. With Melvin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Melvin. You see, that's the thing, right? That's the thing. The same old Arsenal podcast was never, I never dreamt that the same old, po- the same old Arsenal podcast would go as, because, it did go quite big, <laughs> like yeah. it Over did go quite big. Watching at times, yeah, like, and then we got to the final of that. We got to the final of the FBAs and or whatever they were called, the football content or FC or whatever they were called. Anyway, we got to the final of that we didn't win, but to get into the final of a national sports podcast, it was 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 pretty big. The same old Arsenal podcast wasn't started because I wanted to be famous. You know, you can see on YouTube or other podcasts that they think, oh, I'm going to do what Arsenal Fan TV done and I'm going to become famous and I'm going to earn all this money and all this, right? To earn money on YouTube, Hmm. you have to have millions of subscribers, okay? You can earn money... Yes, you can. I earn money. Yeah. I earn money enough to take the wife and the kids out at the end of the month. McDonald's. For a meal. For a meal. Yeah. That's what I used to do with it. Or to buy them all a new pair of football boots. Or to buy my wife a new pair of trainers. Or you know, this is this is how much money I earned from it when it was big. Right? I do these podcasts because I want to talk about football. And I want to talk about football with like-minded fellas. Arsenal fans, any fan. I will go on to any podcast and talk about Arsenal, talk about football, talk about whatever, whatever. If you're going to get in, my, my advice to everyone, right? If you're going to start a podcast, do it because you want to do it. Don't do it because, don't look down the end of the tunnel. Don't look at the carrot that's dangling at the end of the tunnel because you're never going to get to it unless you have some massive slice of luck that brings millions of subscribers to your channel, right? Then once the millions of subscribers start there, that's when the pressure really starts because you now, yeah, that is when it stops being fun. Okay. My advice to any of you do it, start your podcast, do it. Get StreamYard is so easy to use. Get get your mates, record yourselves doing it, do it. But only do it if you want to do it and only do it if you love talking about football because if you don't, you'll stick out like a sore thumb. That is very true. Um, I have a database, as I often mention, of every single Arsenal podcast I have ever found, and it is currently at 228. I'll give a little nod to the new ones. Whatever the Weather podcast with James, Dan and Graham. The Blackstock Triangle with Alex, Sean and Nelly. The Going Great Guns with John Taylor. And the North Bank and Arsenal podcast with Holly, Steph and Chris. That's just... Just out of interest. Just out of interest. What number was the Guna Talk when I started it? Um, and what number was the same old Arsenal podcast when I, can I started tell you it? Because I've got them by date of their first podcast. Arrange sheet A to Z. Um, now I've got to have to look for your one. Da, 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 talk amongst yourselves. 
which one am I looking for first? The Guna, Guna talk. talk. Uh, what number was that? I'm going to have to do a control F for this. Confined the goo. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, there's four that begin with the Guna. Um, the Guna talk was number 94, February 2021. Wow. And the same old Arsenal? That doesn't sound right, does it? February no, it doesn't sound. No, 2021. No, it was well before that. Too late. Yeah. Too late, yeah. Oh, I think maybe Tom deleted all the old ones. Oh, did he? What about the same old Arsenal? Um, same uh, same old Arsenal, the 1st of February 2017. Wow. Does that sound right? Yeah. That was 30, no, 32nd. Wow. But some so of these it just dates, goes to show, you can do it. You can make it. You, you can make a success of it, even though there was thirty-two before us. But some um, of these, but I've, had got, to go in, I've had to go to their Spotify or iTunes and sit, go to scroll back to find the mm. first podcast. So sometimes it doesn't show the very first one. Yeah. If anyone wants to do it, do it. Don't let anyone tell you you can't. But just make sure you have fun when you're doing it. That is my number one piece of advice. Make it fun because people will return to fellas who don't take themselves too seriously. Indeed, an ABW was 12th, the 3rd of June, 2013. Wow. Great days, great days. First Arsenal podcast I ever listened to. And the first, very first one was obviously Arseblog, because he invented it. Um, right, so, yeah, making money, we make about 40, 50p per show. And over in the last decade, I'm about 1,500 quid down from uh, from doing everything because yeah. we don't make any money and we constantly have our videos demonetized because our souls come on here and say fuck and bum and piss and willy <laughs> and you shouldn't do that it doesn't get you anywhere were you trying to say something there melvin i wasn't looking no no I was, no, no okay I might right, have had a thank, you, thank you very much to everybody who was in the chat during the show oh, david's turned up late pathetic terrible and thank you also to all the people on Twitter that aren't watching live but retweet the show. That really does help a lot. If you see the show's coming up or you retweet it during the show, before the show, or just interact with us. I will always go and have a look through all of the tweets. And I'll, if I'm busy, I'll give it a heart. And if I've uh, got time, then I will uh, I will reply or I forget. And the people that listen on iTunes, that listen on YouTube, that listen on um, Spotify and all those other places, thank you very much to all of you. Because we're, now that we've been back doing more and more shows, this is like show nine of this month it soon shows the difference that when you start doing more shows people start listening more you get more interactions but leave a message in the in the messages in the youtube messages because i do go and read them and quite often i just put one there myself and i'll say woof and that'll be and i'll be the only one so uh there you go yeah thank you to you two thank you to everybody for watching and we will be back um i think no, we're not playing Europe this week, are we? I've got all the fixtures up here. We're playing on Saturday away at Burnley, and so I'll be back um, here Friday night to do a late-night preview show, hopefully with Stan, and uh, and then a post-game show on Saturday with Deke. So uh, thank you very much, everybody, and we will see you later. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Get down, dog. Splendid business. He nearly caught the bloody thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> So I was just eating a full quiche. Well, you don't often see them at him. So when you see them in the supermarket, they need to be swagged, microwaved immediately and get the brown sauce on them and bosh, Bob's your uncle. Never in doubt.